0: You're listening to Minor Talk, on demand, exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome in. Minor Talk is live, along with you, Zay, Sal Montes, I'm Adrian bratis We are back. We are back in action. Minor Talk is back. Uh, the Miners are not back. They're, uh, they have lost back-to-back to the two best teams in Conference USA. First, they lost last week to Florida Atlantic. It was a letdown game. Uh, Miners can't string along success against any of the good teams across Conference USA, and Siri agrees with that as well. Um, When we're looking at this game, 52-42, the glaring thing that everybody will point out is the fact that the Miners scored just 42 points tonight. I get it. North Texas loves to drag out long possessions, but the Miners had two separate scoring ruts in this game. One was six minutes long where they did not score the ball at all. The other time uh, it was, I think, a five-minute stretch where they didn't score at all. That was in the second half of this one. And as a result, the Miners fall flat on their face again, this time on the road, and everybody's trying to wonder, when will this offense if ever at this it, it, throughout this entire season turn the corner? Sal, I thought earlier in the year, oh, it's okay. They're, they're, they're find their identity, just like last year. But last year's team had Sule Boom, Jamal Biennemi, Keontae Kennedy guys to bail them out of situations where if they went into scoring ruts they can get themselves out of it guys can shoot themselves out of it and maybe they'd have a bad game like last year remember they had a, a really low scoring game as well uh, that everybody could look at I think last year they lost uh, 52 to 40 to UC Riverside so let's not just uh, overlook last year and say that they didn't score points but this has been a consistent thing all year long with this squad right Here. Uh, They're not good from the free throw line. Today they were a little bit better. They're not good from beyond the arc. Today they were abysmal. Uh, They shot just two for 15 from three mm. point range. They can't win in those situations and you feel bad because they try hard. They have the effort. You know, they're they're uh, holding North Texas to scoring just four of 15 from beyond the arc. That's good defense right there. They're out rebounding North Texas in this game 37 to 23. That's effort right there, but still 17 turnovers for the Miners shooting just 36 uh, percent from the field today 16 of 44 that's not going to win you games, guys. And and Sal, I thought they would turn the corner by this point offensively. They have not turned the corner whatsoever. Yeah, and it's um it's frustrating and a bit concerning too because
1: you know that the opportunity's there. It's not like this game was a blowout, as crazy as it sounds. I know it's a ten point victory, but North Texas got to blow it open in the final you know couple stretches to to put UTEP to bed. But when you look at it. The shooting percentage was just absolutely horrible. And, and we say, hey, if they take better care of the ball, which they they didn't do today, it was still 16 turnovers, a lot of a lot of bad turnovers there. But if they take better care of the ball and they make their free throws, they'll give themselves a chance. Well, they did one of those things, but then they opened up another, um, a, another bad door, if you want to put it that way. That being the shooting percentage, which they haven't been that good all year. But it, it's in a way, it's kind of like you take one step forward, but then two steps back. It's those things that they got to take care of in order to to beat a team like North Texas, especially on the road. Because in the Haskins Center, yeah, if people want to talk about the refs, that's fine. But you can beat North Texas at the Haskins Center. Right. You know what I mean? But you still have to hit your shots, which is a whole other other uh, topic here. It's um it's just concerning because we're already uh, about to hit the uh, the month of February, and that offense uh, there's no identity when it comes to that, and that's been a big question mark since the beginning.
0: Yeah, there's no identity what. So right now offensively Our telephone number on the show nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine To get into the show you can check us out 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency uh, we'll hang out here As long as we get some calls here on the show uh, I know this one is probably a Disgruntling game for minor fans And I know uh, people have already turned the page They've looked, They're have looked they looking over to Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky next week Which we could also talk about here on the show as well uh, But our telephone number 915-505 Five five zero five six zero zero nine. One of the areas that I point at is the backcourt in this game. Where were the guards? Uh, Mario McKinney zero points, zero for five from the field, uh, two turnovers in this game as well. Carlos Lemus four points, uh, three turnovers. You look at Shamar Givens twelve points, but four turnovers, zero assists for Shamar Givens. Tay Hardy four points, two of eight from the field, uh, zero for six from beyond the arc. Thirty minutes of action today, just uh, not getting any production from the guards. Zay, I'll go to you uh, on this one, and I'll ask you the question: wh- Where did it go wrong for the miners in this game? In your opinion,
2: you can't really tell. You know, this was just—it it was a rough game offensively for them. You know, there was times that, you know, you're like, hey, they can win this game. But after those those two big droughts, that's kind of when I realized they're not yeah. going to win this game.
0: Yeah, I was disappointed right there. What about the guard play, though, Zay? Because Shamar Givens had played so well over the past month. And I thought today he took a step back. I think the stats don't tell the real deal. He had 12 points, but I didn't feel like he was effective. And then you look at Tay Hardy. He was absent
2: today. And, and Mario McKinney, uh, credit North
0: Texas defense, they shut him down completely.
2: Well yeah, you know the thing with Shamar, he this back-to-back games that he's just been shut down and then with Tay, I don't know, I think him not being in that starting lineup it, it kind of took him out of rhythm, took both of them mm. out of
0: rhythm. Uh, that's interesting. And Sal, uh, at the end
2: of the game, Joe Golding
0: alluded to the fact that he started, uh, Mario McKinney, Carlos Lemos, because maybe, uh, Shamar Givens and Tay Hardy were late to something. He was alluding to something like that. And there was, it was maybe a disciplinary thing right there. Nothing crazy, but just, a, a starting lineup change. But still, if that's throwing Tay Hardy out of rhythm right there, that's something that could have been avoided if this seems like it was disciplinary here, Sal. And, and you know what, too? If it, if it's
1: disciplinary, it, it's kind of like, Um, I don't know how to say, because I'm not going to speak on Golding's character. I I don't want to be disrespectful in that way, but I'm big on analogies. Let's just put it that way. So I just see it as I... I I interpret as I see it, if that makes sense. But it's kind of like, is it really disciplinary if... Lemus gets the start but he only plays 13 minutes. So it's like you it's basically just saying hey you're not going to start but you're still going to play.
0: Yeah, I get you. you. Know what I, mean? I
1: see what you're saying. And, and when it comes to McKinney, uh yeah, he did have 30 minutes the the same as um as uh Hardy and then Givens getting 33, but that's still a lot of minutes that were that were being played as well. So I I get it but I I don't know the kind of message that it sends because they were still going to get up in the 30s when it came to minutes.
0: Uh, I want to ask you guys two question or a question right here. This was sent to me by Steve, and I think it's a valid question. Do you guys remember UTEP's offense ever being this bad offensively? UTEP's horrible right now. They're abysmal. You, you know what? It's interesting you mentioned that because I feel like
1: the last five years or so <laughs> we've said the same. We've asked this same exact question. Yeah. You know, there've been some good players, don't get me wrong, but uh when it comes to it, I think we we there's a point in the season where they get 40 something points or whatever and how bad is this offense? I think last year we had a show yep. during the Riverside game. When was the last time they were this atrocious and we were talking about when they yeah. played Tulsa and then we probably did that the year before. So, um it's it's not efficient, I'll put it that way.
0: Uh Zay, your opinion on this offense?
2: You know, I'm a young UTEP fan. You know, I haven't been around for too many seasons. Unfortunately for me, it feels like every year it's been pretty rough, but... This is easily... This takes the cake. This is the worst one.
0: You know, I'll say this. In the 2019-2020 uh, season... Uh, actually, I'm sorry. This is the 2018-2019 season. This is the Rodney Terry year one year. Uh, this is where he had Nigel Hawkins, FEODG, Evan Gilliard, uh, Jordan Lathan, Paul Thomas. Their offense was atrocious that year. They were 8-21. and 21. People forget. I mean, UTEP was that bad where they won just eight games in a single season. So people forget about that year. That was a horrible UTEP season, and uh, that year they were terrible offensively as well. They had a. I, I'm looking at that schedule. So uh, in that season, they had a game in which they scored 46 points in a loss to Arizona, uh, 51 against uh, in a loss to North Texas, 48 against Old Dominion. So maybe we could point at that year as a pretty bad offensive season. But man, this year it, it just seems like UTEP cannot buy a bucket uh, when they need it. Let's go to the phone lines to get things started here. On minor talk 915-505-6009. That's the telephone number to get into the show. Rob is first on the phone lines. Rob, good evening. What's going on?
3: Not much, man. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I had I had kind of said it last week. I was uh, not surprised by today, but I'd I basically said last week that the teams that they're playing this week have all uh, really good records at home, and UTEP has a really bad record on the road. So um, as far as far as the outcome of the game, um, it's it's more of the same. Um, I think the the thing I keep, I keep thinking about is <clears throat> I keep thinking about is how good uh, uh or how where Utah's at right now this time during Rodney Terry's era they were already calling for his job uh, for the same basically the same type of of. Um, um, You know, the same number of wins, you know, struggles. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but after the Hawaii trip, it was Hawaii. And then Florida, he got a little bit of seasick. And the UTEP fans basically were ready to pack it in. Uh,
0: yeah, I that was in, like it, it, that health scare, the whole health scare that uh, Rodney Terry had. I definitely remember that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't see much difference. I see solid defense. Uh, still issues on offense. I think the only difference is... Uh, Joe Golding doesn't have a, a Rodney uh not Rodney, he doesn't have a a Bryson Williams or a a Solly Boom to kinda of give you a thirty every now and then and pull out some wins maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. But I see I see it as a very, very uh similar situation. And then I look at how how long it took Golding to, you know, build up the program at Abilene, and it took years. Go look at their records his first couple of years. Uh everyone pays attention to the last three years. Um, rightfully so but I, I think it's gonna take um, a lot longer than I guess I guess people want to
0: um, well, well, Rob, I'm going to stop you there because Abilene Christian and UTEP are a completely, are two completely different jobs. Number one, Abilene Christian has zero resources, like zero. I mean, UTEP has limited resources, but Abilene Christian had nothing. They had to go on the road, uh, you know, year after year to get all these money games under their belt. So he was trying to build that program pretty much from scratch. So, you know, I don't really care about his first couple years. I look at that 2019 year and then he's successful. Three years in a row, essentially winning 20 games, three straight seasons, and then, uh, you know, has success that final year in which they run the Southland and go to the NCAA tournament to knock off Texas, and then, you know, everything shakes up in college basketball. So I I would say it was totally different, and it's different because uh, those resources are not there. Like they, I mean, you know, there are limited resources here at UTEP, but I would expect people to, you know, not necessarily wait for five years until this. This program can turn around.
3: Yeah. And I just, I look at two guys they interviewed, um, Chris Jans, who's killing it in the SEC right now. And Jerome Tang, who's killing it at the big 12. And I'm not saying Golding's a bad coach. I don't think Terry's a bad coach either. Maybe I'm just starting to think that UTEP is just a really hard job. I I don't know. I'm starting to get that vibe now. Um, We've got it. I think what Terry was able to do in the Mountain West, what he's doing right now in Texas, You know, Golding's resume at Abilene, uh, you know, I don't know if those other guys would have, would have been any better. I'm just starting to, you know, maybe come to the realization that, that they just might be cursed. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I hear the, gosh, that's a really dark thought right there, Rob, but I, I get it, and I appreciate your phone call, Rob. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Uh, I want to get both of alls thoughts on this. First off, I want to read a, uh, first off, I want to read the Rodney Terry resume, and then I want to read uh, the Joe Golding resume, okay? So, Rodney Terry comes to UTEP 2018-2019. That season, they are 8-21. and 21. So, his worst season, they were 3-15 and 15 in Conference USA, okay? Um, the uh, next year they had a winning season seventeen and fifteen overall and Eight and ten in conference USA, so never a winning record in CUSA with Rodney Terry. Okay, then the pandemic shortened season, twelve and twelve overall. So they were uh, they were five hundred overall and eight and eight in conference play. So a five hundred uh, season all across the board. We know that season, guys. That was not an average season. That was a bad year. I mean, the the last year for Rodney Terry, that was not a good team. So um, even though they were twelve and twelve, I think that's misleading to them not being it's a good. Just- Generous, yeah. yeah, it's generous. Okay, so Joe Golding last year, 20 and 14. So already more wins than, you know, Terry ever amassed here at UTEP. And then 11 and 10 so far, 4 and 6 in conference play. I, I'm an, I'm not going to say this. I, I can't guarantee that UTEP will get to the point where they can win, I don't know, uh, maybe 16, 17 games this year. But I think they'll be in the mix for 16 at least. Um, the projected record right now on Ken Palm is 15 and 16, eight and 12 in Conference USA. I would say that season right there does not mimic the season in which Rodney Terry won eight wins overall. But give me your thoughts on Rod's, uh, Rob's call uh, that he just uh, made right here on the show.
1: Yeah, you know what? I was talking about this with um, with Zay and um, and uh, Danny Lopez. He was here earlier today. We we're just talking about like the the hires or, or the candidates, so to speak. We you know it was Golding yeah. Tang and um, and Coach Jans out of New Mexico State and um, the, a question was asked, like, well, is is Golding doing a, a bad job? And I'm like, it's not that. It's, it's a tough job here at UTEP. I think in terms of immediate success, probably would have gone to Jens. I, I think he would have been out the gate, you know, winning games left and right. But then, you know, maybe... He might with you might be with a different team after. Good yeah, he year made it UTEP, bolted right? right away. But with Tang and uh, and Golding, those were going to be more so like like building projects or a rebuild, so to speak. And it takes time, but you could see that the the players have bought into the system. They they believe in what they can do. It's unfortunately the results aren't going the way that you know that they're preparing for. But if you can stick with it and maintain this level of aggression. They will be okay because all that's happening is they're just not hitting their shots and they're turning yeah. it over way too much. If, if they are a tad bit better in those categories for seven or eight games, let's say they win half of those games we're looking at a team that could be top four in conference USA right now. You know, they could be, you know, somewhere around 14 or 15 wins already instead of uh, their record right now, which is 11 and 10. So it's, it's just a couple of things they're they're almost there. They just got to take care of those two aspects in order to, um, to kind of overcome that hump. And I think that's, that's more so of, of something that's popping out to me than, um, than comparing to previous years or, or failures. I, I'm looking at the game itself, not so much previous seasons.
0: Um, if I had to compare, I'd still go with uh, Golding just based off last year's season. I still think that peak was better than any three seasons you saw from Rodney Terry. Um, so I, I would still say he said, I don't see much of a difference between Terry and Golding. Uh, Terry also that's had, a big I mean, though. Terry also had Bryce and Williams, right? I mean, that's also a two-time all-conference player as well, just like Golding had Sulay boom. So, I, I mean, that excuse right there doesn't really fly, right?
1: Yeah, and, and even then, too, like records aside, we know that they uh, they cracked the 20 mark last year, but yes. records aside, there were still some players from Golding's team or from Coach Terry's team on Golding's team. But when you saw those two, you saw a difference between the players who were there in um, Terry's last year, and those who were there for Golding's first year, and and, and forget the stress; it's just the style of play, and uh, you know, just kind of getting where you fit in. It was a it was a complete difference.
0: Our telephone number 915-505-6009. We just lost Edgar. Give us a call back, Edgar. I'm sorry, we we had to go on a little rant right there. <laughs> Zay, uh, give My me fault. your thoughts. Now, nah, hey, I, I think this is all good talk, and I have one final thing to close this up. Go ahead, Zay.
2: Well, yeah, like like you guys said, like you guys said. Rodney Terry got eight, won eight games in his first year, right? Year two, he has Sule Boom, Bryson Williams, Anthony Tark, FEO DG, Jordan Lathan. I can keep going. Ooh, man, right? what a list. I can keep going. He has all that talent. They go 17 and 15, right? If this team yeah. goes 17 and 15, I, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a success. It's far from it. But, I mean, after all that you lost last year, it takes time, right? We knew coming into this Joe Golden era that it would take time.
0: Yeah, and I would also say this, with this year's team, I think we can all say... I mean comfortably right that Maybe they're not contending for a conference Title this year maybe they're still A year away Um, maybe they Missed out on some guys that they could Have gotten in the portal but now They kind of know and you have to this Is year one really for Joe Golding last Year was kind of year X because he Inherited a big team this is his First year recruiting this is his First year getting a lot of players and he Had some good players on this team There's no doubt there's some guys that you want to Retain uh, if you go into. next year and next year you have to kind of look at getting more shooters i mean it's really not that difficult if you need to map out the victory to success for this year's team because with one or one or two more shooters on this year's squad i mean they would be in that contending range they would be contending for a conference usa championship at that point but they're not at that point yet they're not winning against the better teams in this league and they're not even at this point right now they're not competing well against those top echelon mm-hmm. of conference USA, like Florida Atlantic and North Texas. I thought there was some separation in today's game. Last year, I didn't really feel like there was a big separation between uh, both the dogs of FAU and Florida, uh, you know, FAU and North Texas. But uh, this year, you know, you start to see that kind of separation. Yeah,
1: and in terms of the of the shooters, so to speak. Um, it the The plan is there, right, like hey, get get this piece, get that piece, and and you're on your way, you're gonna be fine, but the reality of it is to obtain those pieces is harder than ever, especially in um in a era where player empowerment is bigger than it's ever been and I'm, I'm, I'm exactly and I'm I'm all for it too I don't want oh yeah I, I don't want people to, to get that mixed up because UTEP's benefited from the portal the same way they had it. Uh, they could be hurt by the portal too I mean we talk about Sule Boom B enemy Bryson Williams uh, Anthony Tark we could go on right. and on those guys came to UTEP from D1 schools and guess what they wound up leaving uh, you know for another D1 school so I, I, I don't buy that whole argument that it hurts because it's helped them before but let's uh, back to my point about the shooters let's say they do have somebody in line it's possible that you know they could get a better offer somewhere else not long before it's time to to report and they you know they go there or maybe you taps on the, the benefit side The beneficiaries Right Of receiving that So it, it's very tough To call in this day and age
0: It really is Sal And I think that we I mean we talk about it On Sports Talk All the time Like UTEP going up Against somebody else In recruiting How can they Differentiate themselves yeah. One final point On Rob's call Because I thought It was a great call um, I just want to close out By saying Uh he asks, is UTEP cursed? Is this job (laughs) cursed right here? I don't want to say it's cursed, but I I do wanna say the path to winning at UTEP is so much harder than Chris Jans's path at Mississippi State, where he has the resources. He could tap into NIL money. It's way harder here at UTEP than Jerome Tang's job at Kansas State where he's with the Wildcats, he's in the Big Twelve, he's playing high level basketball over there and you know, recruiting high level guys. Even Rodney Terry at Texas, that job, despite all the adversity they go through off the court, it's such a, it's such an easier path to success because he has a coaching staff right yeah. there that is at the top of college basketball. It has former head coaches right there. And he's got high-level five-star recruits all over his roster. Here at UTEP, they lack NIL money. They lack the resources that other schools have. And the path to winning, the path to success, I feel, at UTEP is more much harder than uh, it is at these other schools, it,
1: and to uh, to that point about uh, Coach Rodney Terry, I mean, before NIL even existed, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he recruit Kevin Durant?
0: Yes, that's correct. <laughs> you know, he, didn't he
1: bring Bryson, or take Bryson Williams away from uh, Fresno State to UTEP? That's or correct. Did, did he get him to uh, Fresno State in the first place? So this is a guy who's a top notch recruiter. Now that's he right. has the resources to to get other. Um, other top notch recruits who wouldn't be going. So that's a that's a monster over there with the with the Longhorns.
0: Hey, we got calls to get to right now. Minor talk continues. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Rustin is first. Then we'll get to Edgar, who's back on the phone lines. Rustin, good evening. What's going on? Well, it's uh, nothing much. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Rustin, thanks for giving us a call here. What's going on with you?
4: Hey, I'm actually going to go a little bit different. I, I guess I, I don't have an opportunity to listen very much anymore, but. Um, I do get to see the team as much as I can when they come over to East Texas. Um, I'm actually going to say that Sal just made a comment that I can hear through the phone. Um, I love this team. I don't know if you guys have – I mean, I don't know if you actually watch from the standpoint of a fan, like, actually purchasing the ticket and seeing the game from the seat. Um, and, and putting your, your your mind in that mindset and getting away from, you know, not putting anything against you guys, but the journalism side.
0: Right, right, right. The fan side of a, it. A, okay, yeah, keep going, keep this going. Is a, um, this, this
4: team fights. I love it. I love dirty play. And, uh, you know, I, I don't follow – I'm not a Twitter person, but I like to get on Twitter and, and follow. And – um it, it's hilarious because I, I watch this. Uh, I, I watch people, the media people in El Paso, and I guess there's a newspaper guy, Felix Chavez. Yeah. And, and he puts a post, something to the fact that, you know, this game is so ugly. I'm not going to watch this game. Call me at the end. And I'm laughing because I'm thinking, what? Why are you in this position? How did you get in that position? And I mean,. As a minor fan, whether you win or lose, this is something I, I hate to say it, and it's something I've experienced now that I'm away from El Paso. It's an El Paso crab pot syndrome. They're going to grab you down no matter what. If you you've eat bold crabs, something's always going to grab you, and, and it's going to have that negative. It's gonna, and it's really hard when you um, are an athlete – and or a coach or something, or and you and you see the negativity just continue to spew. But yeah, I, I understand. I, I get where you're going, you going your with this. though, and you watch the game. Watch these street dogs get out there. Take your kids. I got a five year old kid that um, I I read an article from Zay, and and I don't know if he's there, but I wanted to tell him he's something. Here. Or yeah, hey buddy. I was taken to every UTEP game since I was five years old. My dad would drive me from Midland, Texas, to El Paso, and then I moved to El Paso, and I fell in love with it. If we had more people like you in that city, the, the team would change. And, and I'm telling you, but I take my five-year-old and my eight-year-old son to go watch Rice when they play Rice, and they play North Texas, and they play Sam Houston State, and to see my little kids go, man, that number five, they don't know his name when they go, man, that number five, he tries so hard. He's running around like crazy, man. And, and you see Coach Golding play. I mean, I'm sorry. I kind of start to laugh <laughs> at, at the people that call in and all that because it's kind of getting hilarious now. And to read these tweets, Sal said something. Man, these these dudes are street dogs. All you got to do is put the ball in the bucket a little bit. This game is different. These dudes are mean. <laughs> After they lost to Rice, I mean, you see the passion. You guys don't see it, but when they lost to Rice here in Houston because we were there in a large contingent of UTEP fans, I mean, Mario McKinney hitting the, hitting the bench like we had this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to get off the negativity and start writing the positivity and start saying, you just took a team that is pretty darn good, forget the score. I mean, that's nasty. That's
0: a nasty game right there. I'm... And, yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying there, Rustin. I, I think, first off, you're a passionate UTEP fan. You fall into the category that we've uh, talked about a lot here on this show, that you're a UTEP fan and a diehard no matter what. You're going to ride or die with the minors. You're going to root for the minors no matter what. There are fans who feel completely opposite of you. They are on the other side of the spectrum being very negative, and that frustrates you, which we get. Uh, those fans right there might say things, Outlandish I'll read some of those Tweets here on the show Coming up Uh, I've seen some Outlandish thoughts Our goal here Is to kind of give That middle ground And you know Just kind of find The silver lining Even though we might Lean one way Or the other uh, You know kind of negative, kind of positive sometimes. But I appreciate your call, and I think you bring up some really good points. Um, Let's keep things moving. We've got more calls to get to, and then we'll react to all these calls together. Let's go to Edgar, who's been patiently waiting next. uh, Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Really appreciate Rustin's call. Really appreciate Rob earlier today. Let's keep going with Edgar. Edgar, good evening. What's going on? Dude, that's a
5: tough call to follow, man. That guy's a guy hard. And, I mean, I could – be hanging out with that guy
0: way to go rustin yeah way to go rustin good stuff right there there's been a lot of negativity especially around this basketball program i understand why a lot of people love this team because they fight so hard and i think that's why it hurts a lot of fans that they just can't uh, seem to find this uh or you know they can't seem to watch this team have success offensively in order to to win some of these games
5: Hold on, Adrian, because I'm going to go the other way, <laughs> all right? Because I was I was going to say, dude, I'm just as passionate. I paid for this. Um, as a matter of fact, I was watching it in the driveway on my laptop because there's a bunch of kids in the house <laughs> with, my buddy, <laughs> with my buddy. That's beautiful. Okay? That's, that's how stuff. diehard I am, too. You're that's why man, I'm like, that way to go, Rustin. Way to go. <laughs>
0: You're the man, however, Edgar. I love it. All right, however, let's go. Give me the however. I things
5: a little bit differently than Rustin. I'm a little edgy. You know, the kids were out in whatever, uh, and I 42 points, and we were uh, uh, okay. I got to gather myself real quick. Hold up, deep breath. All right, that was a good call, Rustin. Um, but. This team is frustrating, or this game was frustrating. This guy brought up a bunch of games. They were fighting. I'm optimistic all the time. Some of my buddies are falling off. I mean, they say they're falling off, but yet we all subscribe and we're always there. Um, uh, They're fighting, they're fighting. The reason we – okay, let's get to the game. The reason we lost by 10 and we always, you know, lose by 2, 4, whatever, 6 – we're we're in these close battles. we're freaking tired, man. We're tired, so the effort is there, but at the same time you have to remember that the energy is being expended
6: mm-hmm.
5: and we're we're doing more if we could just hit shots, then we can uh you know not have to expend that much energy. I believe it's a lot of uh sweat and yes, effort, but effort is always good, but they're not capitalizing on it and it was just so they're missing bunnies man bunnies and I know that nobody shoots mid-range jumpers anymore it's either feast or famine with a dunk layup or Or the the three-pointer yep there you go three-pointer and we can't do any of them (laughs) we can't get to the line and when we do we can't hit it I mean I don't and on the golden coaching part he he's got them there he's got them in position they're there to they're just not hitting shots agent if I keep going, I'm going to not be cool.
0: And I don't want <laughs> right, to I don't want
5: to any I don't want to throw players under the bus, but they know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> no, you're you're right, Edgar, and hey, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate your passion here on the show. Uh, and I appreciate you weighing in here on Minor Talk as we continue. Our telephone number is 915-505-6009. Let's get through one more call. Um it's Augustine who's next on the show, and then we'll react to all these calls because I th- I think all these calls have been great so far. I really appreciate everybody chiming in here on the show. North Texas defeats UTEP fifty-two forty-two. If you want to weigh in, now is the time to do it. Nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. As we continue here on the show, uh, Augustine, good evening. What's going on,
6: Adrian hey, Everybody, good evening. And I can't be friends with your last two callers.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> here, well, well, Augustine, let me ask you this: Ro- Rodney Terry or Joe Golding? So far.
6: No, I, I, I don't think jury's still out on on Golding. I think Terry Ward is welcome. I think the jury's still out on on Golding. But the thing is, here's the thing, Adrian, and uh, and and, and a, lo- a lot of people mentioned it, and and somebody said the team looked tired. I mean, these are 22, 23 year olds playing a basketball game where they can go two games with no problem. I don't think it's being tired. I just think there's something is is there something going on, like you know, in their mind that Maybe the rim is a little bit too small now for them. Or I mean, because yes, this team, this team does put way of an effort. I mean, other teams, and and I told I told you that other teams don't seem like they're doing an effort. This team, you can see the effort. You can see the guys really being, you know, frustrated about the way they're performing. So how do we fix it? Because yes, they're they're you know. They're coming rah, rah, rah at the other team, but forty two points in the division one college team, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, that's that's really deal. frustrating right there, Augustine. You asked me if it's mental. I would tell you this. Maybe it is a little mental. Maybe, you know, in late-game situations when you're going up against some of the best teams in Conference USA, this team mentally can't get out of some of these. And and maybe it's even to just make it more of a closer game. I, I know we just had a caller mention, oh, they don't usually lose by a lot. Well, they just lost 67-59 to Florida Atlantic at home and then lost by 10 to North Texas on the road, 52 42 when they only scored 42 points. So I, I would just go back on this and say that the Miners right now, it, it's obvious the problem with what they have. It's shooting and scoring the ball, and the little bunnies that, you know, a caller men- mentioned that they're missing, like Edgar was saying that they missed. Yeah, that's that's all mental, right there, and maybe some of that yeah, stuff. Then, they, then, it's just experience and playing more Division One basketball yeah. at this higher level, um, which some of these guys haven't played that.
6: Yeah, and, and, and I think that's why the jury's still on Golden. and Rodney Terry is just you know different. And have you been to the practices? Are, are we finally having some open practices where we can see the team? You know what they do. And is it a thing of they're not really on the same page or is golding trying to get something ready
0: no I no is- i I, <laughs> I was i'm at it all well first off they have open practices which they're really cool about they're always pretty accessible they've only had one time i've ever seen them close practice and what wasn't really a big deal and I think that you know for golding right now it's all about um just maintaining what he's been doing I mean at practice i'll be honest with you guys they're actually making these shots they're making free throws they're hitting three pointers when the lights go on they're not And I don't know what that is. And you can call it preparation. You can blame the coaches, whatever. Uh, People will have excuses for all of this. The bottom line, UTEP isn't winning these games. They're not beating the better teams in Conference USA. This team might have a ceiling right now. And maybe they'll beat some of the, the, you know, the lesser quality teams in this league, but against the better teams in Conference USA, I don't see them pulling it out. Uh, guys, you heard from three callers, three very passionate minor fans. Uh, I'll turn it to your you guys, your t- your thoughts, your takeaways. Um, I, I get it. I'm minor fans are very passionate. Sal, so. yeah, they they see, uh, and I'll start off with um, I can't remember
1: who the f- Rustin. There we go. It was Rustin, the first one who kind of kicked off that trio. Yeah, and he he said um, he, he was talking about like the diehards and. and and, you know, shouting out Zay because when, when he was younger, that was him and all that good stuff. And I think that really resonated with him because the the model of basketball that they're playing on the defensive side, you know, it's, it's similar, and he's getting that, yes. that kind of vibe, right? So he sees that style of play and says, this can be successful. It's just a couple of other things that are holding him back. And, and as I'm looking at these numbers, and this is just this game, but if you look at other games— there's going to be some similarities on it, but the Miners had 16 makes today. 16, but they had 17 turnovers. So that's one more that's turnover than, than made baskets. So it makes you wonder, if they make some more of their shots, because they're 16 for 44, which is not good at all, but also, too, that's one part. But if they take better care of the ball, that gives them a better chance to, to succeed, which is, it's easy to say that, but if they take better care of the ball, but they're not making the shots. What else is that is that doing for them? Because when I look at North Texas, they only had three more made shots than UTEP. Yeah. But the big difference here, Adrian, they only had seven turnovers. Efficient. So very efficient with the ball. So even if they're if they're not going to make a shot, they're not going to give you the ball and, and have you get a chance for a fast break opportunity. So uh, that that's what I get from it, kind of tailing towards uh, the first call. But as far as like the jury being out on or not being out, whatever the case is, I still think it's way too early. Way too early. But if, if I can make a, a difference between the two, I think in terms of, of um, you know, just getting the sense of playing for your coach, I sense it more with Goldie than with Terry. That's not a knock. I think it's just, they're just completely different styles of play.
2: Zay? Yeah, I'm going to start off, you know, uh, the diehards, or just any fan, right? You see this team, it kind of, it hurts to watch this team lose because you can see them just trying so hard every game, right? Sure. But it's just they're they're messing up on the simple things, right? Open layups or, you know, just just mental mistakes, right, on the offensive end, turning the ball over, throwing the ball, out of bounds. I don't know. It sucks to see that. It's it's something that really you want to say can be fixed, but at this point in the season, you, you already expected this stuff to be fixed. So you kind of just got to accept the fact, UTEP's gonna win a game by just getting really down and dirty and trying to take care of the ball. Um, when it comes to like Terry and and Golding, the jury, Golding, you can't even judge him yet, right? This is this is year one, like you said. Last year was year zero. This is year one. Got to give them some time. I understand the frustrations. They have every right to be frustrated, but you can't say that it's anywhere close to Golding hot seat.
0: Yeah, no way. Not not at all. I don't think that's the case whatsoever. And I also think that for Golding, I want to see what he could do with extended recruiting classes. Not just one. This is just one recruiting class right here. I, I want to see year two and three of recruiting classes. But, th- but then again, people want instant gratification. People want UTEP to win instantly. People want the same t- team that was there last year, knowing that they lost all 10 guys from last year's squad uh, and only b- brought back three. Three, two, you know, two of which haven't really been contributing to this team. You can only look at Zarek Onyema as a significant contributor out of the three who returned from that from last year's squad. So um, that's another way to look at it. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine to get into minor talk. We're going to take a timeout when we come back. We got a lot of tweets to get to. We're going to continue breaking down this game. We'll continue taking your your calls as well, and then uh, we'll give out some awards on the show as well. Our Hot Hand Award brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso and our Player of the Game, thanks to Keith Southwest. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar ID at the Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Minor Talk. Along with Sal Utebze, I'm Adrian Bratis. We're presented by the Oscar ID at the Agency. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. North Texas defeats UTEP 52-42. to 10-point loss for the Miners today. Let's go over to Twitter. A lot of tweets to get to from this one. Pinky tweeting the show. Wow, UTEP men's basketball. Just wow. Uh, Pinky also sent us an app chat today as well. Been going to see Texas Western UTEP men's basketball game for a long time. Have never seen a minor team with no outside shooters. This is considered a modern era with a three-point shot and a shot clock, and their mid-range th- uh, mid and their free throws and their three-point shooting has never been this bad. They're still my team. Picks up from Pinky. That's coming from our app. AntFlow at Break BreakThemAnkles22 tweets the show. Send everyone to the portal. The season is a wrap. Ooh, man. Gosh, guys, that's, that's tough. Tristan Pence tweets the show. It was really nice to see Zarek Onyema get some playing time and be so productive. That being said, UTEP had a week to prepare for this game. I realize North Texas is good defensively, but only 42 points? Seriously? Golding and the coaching staff should be embarrassed. What are, what are we chalking it up, guys? Bad shooting night or good North Texas defense? What do you all think? Um, you know what? I'm going to say bad shooting night. North Texas,
1: they're going to do what they're going to do. This was good defense, but yeah. either way, I, I mean, on the, on the shots that North Texas did give them, they they weren't hitting. So definitely a bad shooting night. And uh, also, too, this game was right in the wheelhouse for North Texas, the same way that it was in the wheelhouse for UTEP. So these are the style of games that they prepare for. And to say that it's just good defense for, for an opposing team um, is a bit disrespectful to what yeah. these teams do in practice they go up against tough defenses every day in practice that's no reason for you to shoot this poorly
2: Zay mix of both in my opinion it's a mix of both right this is I'm pretty sure Joe golden's like we could have won this game the way it went like this was definitely a winnable game with the score as low as it was but UTEP shot bad you're not going to win games like this regardless of you know how dirty you want to make them
0: uh this coming in from Jonathan Byers. Oh, this is a tough tweet. Um the stats tell the difference in the game yet again. Two for fifteen from three. And then he tags everybody, by the way, guys. He tags Tay Hardy, he tags Shamar Givens, he tags Calvin Solomon, tags Mario McKinney, tags Carlos Lemus, and cat and tags uh Jonathan Dosanjos. You guys need to limit your three-point shots. Turn those three-point bricks into two points. Let's go. Stick to your thre- uh, your strengths. Anything but threes from Jonathan Byers. Uh, too far?
2: Yeah, yeah. Guys, don't do that. Don't <laughs> don't don't tweet at players stuff like that. Don't tweet at recruits stuff like that. Just just move on. I'm not
0: surprised. Not surprised, Sal. Uh, This coming in from Shannon Sharpie. Ugh. Hashtag minor talk. This coming from Michael G. Uh, Joe Golding led almost the exact same team minus Bryson Williams the year after to a more successful season than Rodney Terry. Yeah, okay. Uh, 915 Sun City tweets the show. He's not happy. Not seeing the Golding vision right now. The offense is basically jamming a square peg into a round hole. They can play defense, but you have to put the ball in the basket and offensively uh, give Golding uh recruiting... Wait, wait, wait. And offensively, I'd give Golding recruiting a D as their grade, and that's generous. Okay, so he's saying that if he had to grade uh, Joe Golding's recruiting, he'd give him a D. Um, This coming from Trolley Dodgers. I can't explain spending $10 a month on ESPN Plus and then spending $10 a month on Conference USA and attending three or four games a year to my family anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's what. I mean, can we do the math there? That's that's $20 in streaming service costs a month and then maybe three or four games a year so you're talking about 30 bucks right there. In tickets? Yeah, in tickets. 30 in tickets
1: uh a month, right? Assuming yeah. that he goes to three games a month. That's almost $50. Um and we'll just stick with basketball just to be safe with it. Yeah. But if if the season runs from will We'll we'll count out half of—no, it it would have to count. So, November 50, December 100, February at the end, you already cracked 200. Then you go all the way through April. That's about $300.
0: Charlie Dodgers doesn't like this investment. Maybe he could take up something else. Maybe he can uh, just subscribe to YouTube hey. TV and watch uh, the Lakers and feel how bad we feel every single night oh, watching God. the Lakers. Oh, God. Hey,
1: by, by the way, I, I I don't care if you're watching the game and you saw the bad shooting, but a Westbrook with a chance to crack a top 10 in assists. That's what I'm focused on. I don't care. Oddly enough, in this game, I don't care about the shooting. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> this is uh, this is terrible. Um Hey, uh, let's go over to the Conference USA scoreboard, guys. Florida International beats uh, Middle Tennessee 82-74. No surprise there. No surprise Mm. with Florida Atlantic. They now have the nation's longest winning streak right now. Charleston lost today to Hofstra. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Florida Atlantic now has won. I think it's 19 in a row or is it 20 in a row? 20. 20. Twenty in a row, so that's a uh, huge for FAU. They're twenty-one in the country, and they'll probably go up in the rankings this week. Uh, UAB killing Rice on the road, mm. guys. Seventy to fifty-four. That's a little bit of a surprise.
1: Yeah, I was shocked at that one, especially at the the score. I wouldn't be surprised if UAB had won, but to route Rice um, seventy to fifty-two was huge, and it, it really just came off the heels of a big first quarter, outscoring them by eighteen. Rice only had fifteen points. In the in the first half, or I said wow. first quarter. My bad. First half. So, fifteen points in the first half is not going to do it. Um, but even then, too, they were at home, so UAB to get this win on the road at a, what, what do they call it? The uh, Tudor Fieldhouse. There, there we go. go. At Tudor Fieldhouse, um, you know, more more and more fans are starting to go there every game. But um, yeah, big big win by UAB on the road.
0: Um, Joe Golding after the game said that the biggest key in this one was turnovers. He thought UTEP, uh, excuse me, North Texas was very efficient. Got 17 points off turnovers and that was the difference of the game yeah I you know what you can call turnovers the difference of the game I, I get it and you can call the fact that you didn't turn them over more as a big key to the game but look you out rebounded them by over 10 in this contest you just couldn't shoot in my opinion this was just a poor offensive game for the miners. And, uh, yeah, you give credit to North Texas' defense at times, but I just wanted to see a little bit more out of the Miners' offense. And yeah. there were different points, Sal, where I just felt like they were in scoring ruts. They could not get any yes. sort of scoring going on. And, and you know what, too? The, the interesting
1: part about that is when both of those droughts happened, it happened around the same point of the game. It, it happened the first time at the 11-minute mark. They didn't get a bucket till just under four minutes left, so that's, what, like seven minutes or so? Yeah, yeah. And that's at the midpoint of the first half. Then when they go on their second drought, and I was looking at it here, it happened in the second half somewhere around the, um, around that same spot. It's when the, it was, um, 35 to 34. Miners were within one, ten 10 minutes and nine seconds left in the second half, and they didn't get their next bucket until, um, let's see here. So, just under five minutes. So, both wow. of those droughts began at that midpoint of the respected half. So, I don't know if, if it's maybe at that point in the game where it's something that's a cause for concern or if it's a coincidence here. But we've seen scoring droughts plague this team, you know, every other game.
0: Our telephone number, 915 505 6009. Your thoughts, Zay? Eh?
2: Yeah, like uh, like he said, those scoring jobs came at crucial parts in the game, especially the second one, right? Because you're down yep. one, mm. you know, you fought back into this one, and you just don't execute when you need to execute. You're that's the closing moments. Like
0: yeah. yeah, it's the closing moments. You can't win. There's no recipe to, to victory if you're not having success in those stretches right there. That's a that's a really good point right there, Zay. Our telephone number, now 505 6009 as Minor Talk continues. Kenny Onyema tweets the show. This team needs to use the pick and roll as a go-to when they go on scoring droughts. It's not utilized enough. Hashtag minor talk. You know, Kenny, I would just say they don't prioritize their bigs In scoring, Uh, that's just probably, and you know, I maybe they want they would tell you that they don't necessarily, or they want to go inside out, they want to give it to Calvin Solomon down low, but they're worried about the turnovers, and I would agree with them. I I would just you know whether you know Calvin Solomon had. four turnovers in this game. And I thought he was pretty solid at stretches. They just, when they're turning the ball over uncharacteristically and they're not getting that kind of production down low from some of the bigs, I think it hurts other bigs opportunities. So, um, you know, for, Get, uh, like plays like pick and rolls or just trusting bigs like that. I think that's the reason they might not do it. Uh, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's keep things moving. Our telephone number nine one five five zero five six zero zero nine. Jose from the east side, or actually from the northeast, is joining us yes, here doing, on guys? the show. Jose, what's going on? We're doing well. How about yourself?
6: Thank you for asking. Doing okay. I just think I think I have the solution to the UTEP problems that we're facing. What if? What if? Uh, the, next time, the next home game, we'll have a, a, a sold-out UTEP game. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine what that would do for the, for the team, for the coaches, for the university? We need to back them up that way. Wouldn't that be something? Well, it,
0: unfortunately, Jose, they're not even close. I mean, right now we're looking at the Haskins Center at, at maybe eleven thousand uh, people in attendance, or I mean that, that that's how much um, they could fit in the Haskins Center. Unfortunately, right now UTEP is averaging under five thousand, so they're not even filling it halfway. Pretty much, and Jose
6: we're going to have probably about 3,700.
0: Correct. You're exactly probably. right. And, I, and you know what? I'm with you, Jose. If there were fans out there, if people actually went yeah. out and supported, it would help uh, tremendously.
6: But, but can you imagine if if something like that would happen? You know, hey, the players will probably feel so great, you know, people making them up and this and that.
0: You know what I mean? Sure. I agree completely. I, I think they would, yeah. be, uh, they would be super excited over that, for super sure. Super
6: excited. Maybe that's what we need to do, you know.
0: That'd be nice. It would be nice, Jose, and I unfortunately I just don't know how they get there. And I appreciate your, your call and I appreciate the thoughts and you know the words, but guys, I mean I'll turn to you all. I think it's unrealistic to think that UTEP could get to that point. Zay, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I as much as you know, I'd love to have a sold out conference USA game, you know yeah. experience that again. I've only experienced it once. Sure. Um, it, it's not going to happen this year. You know, it's not going to happen this year.
0: Yeah, and maybe next year. Sal, and you know what? I think the closest they were uh, to getting a lot of fan support during that conference stretch was last year in the senior day game. They had an opportunity yeah. to beat North Texas. They did beat North Texas in that game, and a lot of fans showed up in that game right there.
1: Yeah, and and they had some um, some good play right before that game. That kind of warranted a um, a big crowd, right? They they they. Oh, also, too, they're getting Keontae Kennedy back. That's another reason, but, uh, you know, at that point in time. But, um, you know, off the heels of a close, um, a a very close loss to UAB at home, um, 69 66, they would go on the road, uh, or they would take on Rice, rather, um, you know, the Thursday before the game against North Texas, and they squeak out a close one. But then you get North Texas, who, um, were they, I, I can't remember, but. I don't know if they were, they weren't ranked, but they were either receiving votes or they had a a big win streak going for
0: them. They had 15 wins in a row at that point. That's right. They
1: were looking to close out Conference USA with an undefeated record, and and that was a big reason, too. So as much of a factor of of UTEP's play was, I think having a team that's on a hot streak like that is definitely going to help. And I think this year, that was the Florida Atlantic game, Yeah, um, you know, this, this past weekend. So another part, too, that is the team has to give the fans something to want to go see night in and night out that they can expect to be consistent and we know the efforts there but that thing it's it's winning and if they're not winning it's going to be hard to get people to go out there but i mean they're they're fun to watch you just wish the results went a different way
2: that's right zay your thoughts yeah you know when you look back at that stretch i remember the uab game it had six thousand that 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 game and that's you know, true. As as bad as it may seem, that's a good crowd for Utah that late in the season in that North Texas game. High energy, but... You know, there, there really hasn't been a game like that. You know, maybe you want to say the NMSU game at the, at the start of the year. But even then, it didn't feel like there was so much, you know, energy in the Haskins Center. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: appreciate the phone call, Jose. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, awards, and then we're going to wrap this one up as Minor Talk continues. Presented by the Oscar Arrietta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back, everybody. Minor Talk continues along with Sal Montes, UTEP Zay. I'm Adrian Bratis. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in here on the show, you could definitely do so here as we continue on minor Talk and we wind things down. Um, Miners lose today, fifty two forty two on the road. Guys, looking ahead, it's tough. Middle Tennessee on the road. Western Kentucky is next week. And the interesting part about that Middle Tennessee game is it's an ESPNU televised game Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Then the Western Kentucky game will take place Saturday. That one's on Stadium. Welcome back, Stadium, to Conference USA hoops. Um <laughs> Oh, man, that's tough. Then they play Charlotte at home. Guys, these next three games, even though the Miners have dropped the last two, these next three games are tough. We said if the Miners win two of these three games on the road, that's a huge win. But now maybe one out of the three seems more realistic, and maybe that's even a stretch, guys. I, I'm i not sure. What do you all think? You know what? I'm I'm looking at it, too, and it's, it's still part of that stretch where
1: um, – it may happen, just not the way that that somebody would expect. But I mean, to go on the road against three teams who are pretty much year in and year out since they've been in Conference USA, um, give their fans something to cheer for, and their fans get loud. Exactly, you know, for a large part, you know, the Super Pit was like that tonight. Um, you look over at a in Murfreesboro for Middle Tennessee, we've seen what they've done, and, and as a matter of fact, these are pretty much a conference. Um, uh, tournament champions that have made it to the tournament too. I mean, North Texas, we were just That's talking about true. this off air, won a tournament game with Javion Hamlet. I, I can't remember the name of the guy from Middle Tennessee, but um, this was some years back when they had a, a big, big stretch. Um, they won a tournament game. And then Western Kentucky, they made the tournament, um, you know, not too long ago as well. So they have some history behind them and they're kind of, you know, hovering around that same spot as UTEP, if not in a better place. But they want to, you know, solidify themselves as, you know, a force in that top four, top five or whatever tier of Conference you say. So they're going to be tough, but we're going to find out a lot about this team. Yeah, you lost the first out of that, that three-game stretch. How are you going to respond? Because if you win these next two games, who cares about losing the game in Denton?
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Sal. I mean, to be honest with you, if you get to that point – um, th- that's all that really counts. And I feel like for the Miners, you know, on the other side for them, they're just a team right now that has to try to get to that point where they can, you know, year in, year out, be a threat. Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, those two teams are threats right there. Middle Tennessee is coming off a loss, so is Western Kentucky, but they- these are going to be uphill battles. Uh, Zay, I'll turn it to you. What are your thoughts these next two games?
2: Yeah, these are, these are two tough, tough games that UTEP um – you know they're gonna have to try and pull out on the road, I mean, you yeah, can't go you can't go four and eight in conference right now, you gotta get at least one of these, and even at that you gotta try and get both right, even though. We know Western Kentucky is filled with talent, right? If you catch them on the wrong day, you're probably not going to win that game. And then Middle Tennessee, last year they swept the Miners once in the regular season, one in the, that crazy overtime game in the conference tournament. So they already, you know, they, they feel confident going into that one. This is going to be a tough stretch. UTEP is going to need to get some offense, and they're just going to need to— keep it together. Yeah, I think so
0: too. I and that's another thing. If they drop a certain if they drop a couple different games in these uh, in this stretch then you wonder, can they unravel? And you don't want that to happen. So you're right. You have to win some of these games, not only for you know your record's purpose, but more for your confidence going into the uh, mm-hmm. part of February that's it's going to be a really tough stretch. Hennessy tweets the show, What player would you pick if you could choose a UTEP player from the past 10 years? To play with this team right now? Oh, that's such that's a, like good, a good. question. That's a great question. So you're you're asking us right now mm. the best offensive player, <laughs> essentially, right? Over the last ten years. Um, okay, I'll give you some options. Some they're oh, really man. good ones. Okay, John Bohannon, two thousand thirteen. Julian Washburn, two thousand thirteen. Yeah, maybe that that could be in that tier right there. Maybe uh, you can look at Vince Hunter. Could you bring him on this team? This team, he would probably replace like a Calvin Solomon or something like that. He would be an interesting candidate for this option right here. Uh, you look at 2015, you could bring in Irvin Morris. That's a name. That's somebody to think about. Omega Harris could come out and uh, drain some threes for you. Dominic Artis, okay, yeah. could chef it up and dish it out. Uh, Terry Wynn. That's a sneaky name. I have a name. Okay. Only here one year, but had a big impact. Go ahead. Lee Moore. Lee Moore, that's another name. Very good name. Very good name. He's a great shot maker, too. Uh, Speaking of shot makers, this is a shot creator, Evan Gilliard. Um, That's a name to think about. You could also think about F.E.O.D.G. He had a big season in his all-conference USA freshman year. Uh, You look at the 2020 year, you could pick anybody from that one. Uh, you could pick Bryce and Williams. You could pick Sule Boom. You could think of maybe Jamal enemy Keontae Kennedy.
2: Uh, Zay, I'll turn it to you. Who's your pick? You know, they need a shooter, right? They need a shooter. Give me Daryl Edwards. No, I'm just. <laughs> That's a good Give, one. give me Daryl Edwards. I love Omega Harris.
0: Mm. Okay, so you're taking Omega Harris on this team. Sal, go ahead. <laughs> Forgive my recency bias, but this man is killing it right now. Yeah, I got to go with you. Him know too. what? I got to go with him you, too. You know
1: what? I went to the store the other yes. day to to buy some food, and they didn't have it. But when I looked to the left, <laughs> it was in the uh, the hardware department, and I
0: saw some buckets for sale. That's where I'm going. I need Sule Boom. I'm going Sule Boom too, Sal. I think. So- and it's so sad, right? Because that's the sad thing. Wait, 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 can we wrap our head around this? We're saying out of the last 10 years, out of the last 10 years, the one score we're going for is Sule Boom. The one player that we want on this team specifically is Sule Boom over the last 10 years, over Vince Hunter, over Bryson Williams, over Omega Harris. We want Sule Boom, but I'm sticking with that. I'm you know double what? downing. I'm sticking with it, too, because when you look at
1: the issues that are that are hampering this team, it's... It's basically scoring. And out of all of those names, which which there have been some some really solid scores, when I look at the full picture – on offense, I gotta go with Sule Boom. Is there
0: no part of you that says Bryson Williams? Because there's a small part of me that says it. I I, I want to say he's probably my number two. I, I want to say that too. That's a good one. Like if I had to pick top three,
1: it's uh, in no order. Uh, but number one, <laughs> Sule Boom, and then either Bryson or Vince Hunter. Okay. But I, I think it's just the scoring from the guards that's kind of that's kind of putting it in there. And then also, two free throws are a big issue um, when it comes to it. So. I'll take Sule Boom because he he checks all those boxes that you need from what you're asking for. They're already out rebounding the other team. Do they need some some more rebounding?
0: Well, maybe Zay got it right because he picked a three point shooter in Omega Harris. You, I mean, well, I guess Sule kind of a three. Now he's a three point shooter, but uh, Omega was a big time three point shooter when he was here at UTEP.
2: Like okay, okay, Sule Boom is probably the obvious answer, right? It's the easy one. It's, you know, if <laughs> Sule Boom's on this team. He, he's he's dropping twenty a night, right? But if you're going past 10 years, like, I want to choose someone like, like Omega or maybe someone okay. like D.A., Dominic Artis. Okay. You probably don't need one. them, right? They got Jamal already. But I'm just saying, like, I want, I want to pick a fun, a fun pick, you know? All right. I like
0: it. Um, this is a great question. Hey, that was a tweet of the night. Hennessy, great job. What player would you pick if you could choose a UTEP player from the last 10 years to play with this team? Best pick. I mean, best uh, tweet of the night for sure. Uh, I love that one. Man, that that was a that's a good way for us to kind of uh, wrap things up or wind things down here on this show. Uh, let's let's get out to our awards here. First off, our hot hand award. This is brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso. Uh, special thanks to Wind Supply El Paso for being a great sponsor here on Minor Talk. Wind Supply El Paso is the trusted uh, home, and you you can see why home builders make them their trusted HVAC system suppliers. You could stay on schedule with Wind Supply El Paso. Just go to Wind. Supply El to learn more. Uh, this is going to be Zarek Onyema. In this one, he had 11 points, but 5 of 7 from the free throw line and 6 rebounds, 27 minutes. He'll win the Hot Hand Award, and then switching over to the Player of the Game Award, guys, I, you can't give it to Shamar Givens. You can't give it to Calvin Solomon. You can't give it in this game to Otis Razor. You have to give it to Zarek Onyema again. So he'll win both the Hot Hand Award and the Player of the Game. The Player of the Game Award is brought to you by Keats Southwest. They are the leaders in the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. Big shout-out to Keats Southwest. Learn more about them online at keatsmfg.com. That's keatsmfg.com. .com. Uh you guys good with uh and run running the table with both uh questions. I mean both uh awards I should say.
2: Yeah, he was a guy. He was a guy, you know. I heard you guys talking earlier. He was in, he hit some free throws, right? He was hitting those free throws. Mm. He was consistent from there and uh it's good to see him get going. What do you think, Sal?
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I'm on board
1: with that because uh, player of the game, you know that that was the easy pick, but in terms of just kind of looking at Who was most efficient? Who helped out the team in the biggest way? Uh, Zay hit it right now perfectly. Free throws. That's been a big issue for the Miners pretty much all season. But he goes five for seven. And then also free throws being a big issue for the team. He only had one. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I, I think he, he checks it there. And, oh, well, he still turned it over. He only had one assist. Okay, fine. Equalize that. It's zero. But if you want to counter it with some other stuff, he also had a block and a steal. So I, I think he was pretty active tonight to uh, to earn that award.
0: Zara Koniema sweeping the awards tonight. And that's uh, how we will wind things down here on the show. Hey, great calls tonight. Great stuff by Zay. Really appreciate him. He assisted the broadcast today. Special thanks job, to Sal Zay. Montes. He, uh, of course, co-hosts here on Minor Talk, as always. And uh, if you miss any of Minor Talk tonight, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast, Minor Talk On Demand. Just search for it uh, wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back at it next Thursday. UTEP on the road taking on Middle Tennessee. They lose tonight 52-42 to for UTEP Zay Montes, I'm Adrian Broadus saying so long and good night from Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Adieta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.